Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is presented to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championship, even through the Final Four and championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to sign up. And they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B L E A V, betonline.ag, where the game starts. Welcome in and War Eagle, Taylor Davis. And Jason Campbell here with you on this lovely Monday. We are mixing it up here, starting the week out with an episode. Just think the format will make a little more sense to start the week and then maybe work in another one closer to the weekend to get you prepared for whatever events are happening that weekend. So again, make sure you are subscribed because you need to get notifications as we start rolling out some changes maybe some increased number of episodes. You won't want to miss any of it. So we're glad you've joined us today. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. And I hope that for my co-host as well, JKM, I know you had a an Auburn-filled weekend. Catch me up. Come as you are Mondays. What a great weekend. I know besides the last second half of the basketball game, but Friday started off with a bang. I actually went to Auburn. Got a chance to watch a little bit of scrimmage. Nice. Um, you know, between the offense and the defense, and there are some surprises. Okay, uh, you we're know, gonna I get into what, it. I tell you what, there are some surprises, so stay tuned. Uh, next after that, I drove down to Birmingham and went to the Auburn Houston game. And first half, guys played extremely hard, you yeah. know, and did what they needed to do. And we'll jump into what happened, and you know, how kind of the air kind of left the building in the second half, but we'll get into that as we speak, and yeah. And then we're, first of all, let's just hear about Taylor Davis weekend. You know, <laughs> this weekend was a big weekend also for gymnastics. So you got a chance to cover the Big 12 in gymnastics. You yeah. also got a chance to hear a little bit about the SEC. We know Suni Lee didn't perform yeah. this weekend for Auburn. Uh, mm-hmm. She she wasn't able to this weekend, but the girls still had a great showing. And, they did. And everything. So, you know, Steven, she did a great job. Had a fabulous uh, weekend, I've heard. She's yeah, Cassie. Great. Yeah, you know, she's from Phoenix, Arizona, so that's a big get. We're getting girls in gymnastics from all over, not oh, yeah. just the Southeast. So yep. let's talk about it, Taylor. How was your weekend, and what did you <laughs> see? From, uh, and, you know, let people know. Yeah, I, it was awesome. The Big 12 is, you know, it's interesting because it's very top-heavy. They have Oklahoma, who has just been the powerhouse in gymnastics. They've won the Big 12 10 out of the last 11 years now. So it is their conference and now they're going to add to the SEC in a couple years, which is what has way more depth. First of all, they have way more programs. The SEC currently has eight teams. The Big 12 has four. So you're doubled in the amount of programs that you have and also the talent and the caliber of gymnastics. But Oklahoma is incredibly strong. They obviously won. But it was interesting. They scored a 198-4 in the Big 12 championship championship. 
And Florida, who won the SEC, scored a 198-4-5. So if Oklahoma had been in the SEC this year, those two were this far apart. And it, it just would have been an incredible championship if the two were in there. But um, nonetheless, a lot of incredible gymnastics this weekend. Big 10, Pac-12 um, sets us up really well for regionals, which start in a couple of weeks. And ESPN platforms are going to be covering regionals and into the national championship in Fort Worth. So it's an exciting time to be a gymnastics fan. And I loved getting the opportunity to cover a championship. It was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed about SUNY. I, I don't really know the details of what's going on. I mean, they have to be smart with her. You know, it's not just about immediacy for her. Like there's a 2024 Olympic run that's on the horizon. So they have to be very careful, but the team rallied behind, obviously, you know, Florida coming up with the title, Alabama was actually in second, but the foundation has been laid for this program as it has with so many of our programs, Jay. I mean, the investment in athletics beyond football has been so evident and and the success continues to build. And obviously we'll talk about that with basketball. But I did want to ask you, since you, like you were saying, you went to uh, the scrimmage on Friday, then went and, and watched basketball. You do it, more work than people know about with NIL and on to victory and all of that. Does it mean as much to you as you thought it would? Does it mean more than you thought it would? Like when we're in school, you know, it's just like your norm. This is where I'm in school. I love it, whatever. But I feel like your perspective on your experience changes as you get older and you're an alum and you pour in in different ways. Like what's your what's your outlook on it now, all these years later and and the meaning that it has to you as an alum? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, I think it means a lot more. Uh, yeah. Oh, because when you're playing, you don't get a chance to see all the outside. You don't get a chance to see it at this level. You right. know, it's, it's kind of being like a fan, but also being involved with the university. You know, you can see like how how intense it is from afar. Yeah. Because when you're in it, you're just your mindset is just locked in and you're mm -hmm. just trying to do everything you can to bring W's to the program and and go out perform at a high level. But when you're sitting in those seats and you can't control anything that you're watching, it, it does put you on edge watching these <laughs> games. And uh, and it makes it exciting. I can see yeah. why fans get excited about college sports, get excited about, you know, going to events and watching games because it is it is a fun night out. Um, right. I say just covering a sport and being involved with NIL and being involved with doing the radio you do you do get a look closer to some of the players, uh, getting yeah. to know a lot of them. So I have a utmost, um, I think, gratitude. But it just goes to show you, though, Taylor, all this started back when when I was playing in college. You yeah. know how you handle yourself, how you, you know, what are you doing while you're there? What kind of relationships are you building? And that's why mm -hmm. I tell these guys, especially now that NIL is involved, we didn't have that when I was in school. But now these guys have NIL. Don't get locked in on so much what you're getting from people. But find a way out to give your time back to those that are giving right. you finances and resources, because that means more in the long run than just having your hand out right now. Yeah. So I just think being in this position helps me help the players understand mm -hmm. life after football, life after sports, you right. know, and uh, how to position yourself for the next phase of, phase if you want to come back and do something, you know, down the road. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the saying 
if you love Auburn, Auburn loves you back is a tried and true statement. It's not just a cute cliche. And and I think it's really interesting for guys like yourself that certainly left a legacy, but now you're you're kind of leaving a different one all these years later, you know? And and I think it's cool to kind of hear the perspective shift when you kind of get to serve and, and pour in in different ways through the years. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, since you started your weekend over watching some football and catching the scrimmage. Give us kind of your takes on that because obviously minimal reports come out about it and we don't know a ton, but we do know that there are a lot of movements and a lot of changes that are going to be implemented heading into this season. So what caught your attention? What did you see when you were out there that maybe fans can look forward to seeing themselves? I say this, it was Letterman's weekend, right? So, you know, all the guys that played at Auburn from back in whatever days. And this was probably the biggest turnout that I've seen in a long time uh, in Auburn wow. towards the Letterman and a lot of people coming back and supporting the program. Uh, you can tell there's a newfound energy. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's some buzz, you know, just talking with some of the older guys that live in Birmingham, live in Huntsville, you know, live in different places that they say over the last couple of years, everyone, when you say Auburn, everyone kind of grins, like, eh. but you say Alabama and everybody's like those young kids like, oh yeah, yeah, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. That's where I want to do. But they say now in just a matter of three months, now those same young kids are saying, no, I like Auburn, man. I like what they're doing. Wow. I like, you know, like I want to go to Auburn now. Good. So so me being down there this weekend, not only that, was I watching the scrimmage. Tell you, we had about 50 big-time recruits on campus. All right. This is on a Friday in March. Wow. You know, watching a practice in a scrimmage. And I'm not talking about just like – I'm talking about like big-time recruits. I'm talking about you walking by them, you looking like, yeah, this is an SEC player. Here. Like this is – this is these are huge players. So the recruiting never stops there. And mm-hmm. I can see that, like, uh, it never stops. So when they say Coach Freeze loves to recruit, like, it's evident. Like, wow. he loves to recruit. Uh, I will say this, TJ, you know, TJ taking first-team reps. You know, uh, this is a guy that after the season, during the season, after the season, everybody <laughs> thought he was gone. He was, you know, transferring after spring and everything yep. and, and moving on to another phase of life and how soon the tables have turned. You know, yeah. I go to practice and – you know, he's throwing the ball really well. He's getting the ball out of his hands. You know, still a lot of room and a lot of work to go. But I can see, like, some of the – already some of the things that they're working on, I can see improvement. And okay. uh, and he's making some solid throws. But what helps is these big receivers we got. Yeah. Camden Brown, you know, has switched his number to number four and, uh, and everything. But he, that's what he wore in high school. Like, this kid – like he's ready to make some noise this year. Good. He looks solid in practice, even against some of our really good corners like DJ and Keontae. Like, all right, he was, he was accepting the challenge. And then you think about Nick Martiner, who a guy that I think just needs a little bit more time to get grasp of everything. But that's another six six receiver on the opposite mm-hmm. side. And then you got Rivaldo Fairweather on the inside, a tight end transfer from FAU, standing six six, and he was involved a lot in the passing game and moving nice. him around. So. You can already see the guys that we went out and got and some of the guys that are here that they've been hearing about. Yeah. They're going to explode in this offense. Like this offense fits our talent. Like even Batty, the, the running back. I mm-hmm. like what I saw from Hunter. I like what I saw from DeMar Austin. And then I like from Batty when he came in. This guy's like, you know how you talk about you have track guys? 
Mm-hmm. This is a track guy on a football field. Okay. Like, like when he gets the ball in his hand, it's 10 yards really quick. Wow. So, you know, there's talent all over this field. You look at the defensive side of the ball. I think, you know, Wesley Steiner, I see uh-huh. improvement from him. Uh, just, I think experience playing last year is helping him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Austin Keys being on the inside. Uh, you also got, you know, Cam Riley, another guy I think can make some noise this year. But it's going to be about our secondary. You know, like we know Justin Rogers and those guys up front. Justin Rogers is a first round type draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be our guys on the back end, you know, DJ and Keontae and Nehemiah Pritchett. And those guys are going to make plays. Who's going to fill in at those safety positions? I would say is probably where we're going to have to figure out how this thing goes as we continue. Right. But, uh, but overall, though, I think we're trending in the right direction. I can already tell we're head and shoulders better than we were a year ago at this time. Wow. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of excitement over the summer, but still a lot of improvement to go. But yeah. I am seeing, I am seeing some really, really positive signs on the football side. What about Robbie? Yeah, good question. I saw Robbie play, and you know he still has a lot to develop when it comes yeah. to the passing game. You know, he still, you know, sometimes feels like he's looking to run. You know, mm-hmm. looking for that lane to escape through to use his legs and get and get yards. Um, so I still think he's still trying to break some of those habits of. Let me get through my progressions first before I take off, unless it yeah. just opens out wide open. I get yards to go get, but let me not have to run when I don't have to. I got good running backs. I got good receivers. Let me find, find a way to get them the ball. So I think he still has a ways to go in the passing game and uh, and developing there. Same with uh, with Holden Gurner. Holden Gurner can spin it. Like, yeah. you know, he can throw it. He's, he's the kid that can throw the football. Uh, it's just going to take reps and game time experience for him. And I don't really know if he's going to get a chance to see that, you know, just because it's still a long time between here and season. But you also got the Walker kid, you know, that was there, the the recruit that's probably going to end up being a five-star for us all over and said and done. Like, yeah. he, he looks apart. Like, when he walks in, he gravitates a room, you mm. know, and, and, and other recruits, like, they rally around him, you know. So he's kind of one of those guys that's helped recruiting this 2023 class that's going to sign here in December. So, wow. you know, Holden's going to have a chance. He's really going to have to make some make some heyday here over yeah. the next two weeks of spring and then in the summer and then when fall come, the push to try to get some playing time. That's going to be his best bet to be able to uh, sustain. Yeah. Oh, good insight. Good insight. I mean, I I think we all are expecting to not know a ton until fall camp, realistically, because, I mean, the coaching staff is learning these guys, too. So I'm definitely optimistic, as I think a lot of Auburn fans feel. But let's talk basketball because the season has now officially concluded. The Tigers coming up with the win in round one against Iowa, defeating the Hawkeyes 83-75, to moving on to the second round to face the number one seed, Houston. Unfortunately, kind of like you alluded to at the beginning, they were up 10 in the first half. Coach Pearl said, I wish it was a 20-minute game, not a 40-minute game, because they looked great early. And had a very comfortable lead at half. And then, unfortunately, Houston, they just came out aggressive. They came out tough. And and the second half really showcased why they're the number one seed and ended up winning 81-64. to We were outscored 50-23 to in the second half. In the final 20 minutes, making just four of 24 shots from the field. And with that, the season concludes. Bruce Pearl immediately begins recruiting um, and gets back to work because, look, 
the flip side of the success coin is that a 20-win season, no SEC title, and losing in the second round of the tournament is considered a disappointment. That has not always been the case at Auburn, okay? I mean, we were elated to just be in conversations a few years back. But what he's built is comes with expectation. And, and that's just the other side of success. And, and it can be very challenging, as it certainly is going to be for Coach Pearl, because the SEC is is challenging and recruiting is challenging. But he knows what he's looking for. He makes no hesitations to discuss that as they rebuild this thing. Uh, we'll talk about some guys and, and expected decisions that they will likely make, but put a bow on this season for me, Jay. What did you see in Birmingham and uh, and just kind of final thoughts on, on the run they made this year? Yeah, it's like you said, when uh, the bar rises, expectations go up. Mm-hmm. And this is just one of those situations where that's what you want. That's what you want in your program. You don't want to accept mediocrity. You know, yeah. you want to make sure that you're competing for championships or at least be in the conversation. Um, and I think that's that's the way Coach Pearl will want it. And I think with us having right now the number three recruiting class in basketball uh, so far, I think, you know, shows that, you know, that that we're trying to go out and continue to try to build on this. We knew coming into this season, you lose somebody like Jabari Smith and Kessler that you're going to you just don't replace those type of guys in just an instance. And right. we, like we knew we would be hurting a little bit at the shooting guard position. You know, Wendell's a he's a really good shooter, but he has to handle so much of bringing the ball up and down the court sometimes he can get worn down and uh, he has exhaust so much energy uh, i like kd's energy where he comes in with the second unit he brings a lot of energy and a lot of effort and everything those things are fine but if we're going to win let's just be honest we're going to need some big guards and yeah. you know some guys with some link to them uh mixed in with some of your shorter guys because mm-hmm. let's face it when sasser went out of the game the other night uh, number zero and then number one went out of the game their two best players at the point guard position for Houston left the game, you're thinking like, oh, and the game is like a one-point game. Oh, we're about to take off in a stand now because yeah. their two best players that handle the ball are in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. But what happens is what? Number 12, he takes over the game. And mm-hmm. he takes over the game because they kept – we put Flanagan on, which was a height matchup. But then what they kept doing was picking and rolling. And every time you do that, you have to switch out. So they were switching off and getting Wendell or getting KD on number 12, and there's a four or five-inch height difference. Yeah. And what he was doing, just get down below the free throw line and just pull up and shoot over the guys and was hitting buckets. And yeah. that, and it's almost like it worked in Houston's favor with the other two guys on the sideline because it was able to create a matchup with their with their with one of their best players, number 12. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole thing about this season is we lost the season kind of the way that it's been going, you yeah. know. We get up on people. We get we get big leads. We was up on Alabama twice this year. We was up on, you know, a lot of teams this year early on in the games and even after halftime. And then later in the games, you know, we found a way for the games to get away from us. And teams were able to get back in the game and, t- and get ahead and then close us out. And that's yeah. kind of what happened in this in this game. You know, we get an Iowa team that was a really good team. And, you know, we kind of get up on them. And guess what? They come back, tie the game up, and then we're able to pull away and win at the end. Right. But then this game, we go up 10. And in the second half, it's almost like we came out a little bit. Houston came out desperate. Hmm. We came out comfortable, I think. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, we're, we're comfortable. We're cruising. Mm-hmm. And what happens is... Houston, they tighten up their defense. 
Like we wasn't able to get those easy baskets as we get in the first half. Let's just be honest. Like I've said in a tweet the other day, I said the most underrated thing about basketball is free throws. Nobody likes to talk about it a whole lot because it's not shiny. It's not fancy. It doesn't get a lot of attention, but until you need it. And in the games like this, where it comes down to tournament play, it's about, you get to the free throw line, you got to crush free throws. And, you know, we struggled from the free throw line and that kind of what took the air out of the building. I'm in the game. I'm at the game. It's a lot of excitement. It's loud. And, but then once we started missing those free throws, it's like, ah, Yeah. Ah, And then you can see the players feeling that same energy to the point where their confidence starts to go down because even their shots started to look a little bit off. And then they had open shots. They wouldn't even take them because it's almost like they had lost confidence in their shooting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what got away from us in the second half. And that's how we ended up losing that game. Because other than that, we make their free throws. We're probably headed to the Sweet 16. And uh, and let's just face it, it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, for the Sweet 16, Houston to Miami. I was hoping for a rematch. We're not going to get that. Oh, but, um, how cool yeah. would that have yeah, been? Yeah, been a great rematch, you know, in Kansas City. But, you know, unfortunately, know. we learn from this as players. But I do yeah. think there's a chance Flanagan comes back because yeah. of the COVID year. I think there's a chance that Williams comes back because of the COVID year. Okay. I think Wendell still has another year. KD still has another year, I think. Um, You know, so from that standpoint, if Broom comes back, he has two years of eligibility left, so everyone is fully expecting his return. Zeb Jasper is out of eligibility, so he is right. definitely done. I feel like Jalen will. I, I feel like it would behoove him to. And and he was asked about it after the game and said, yeah, like they all do, hadn't thought about it, got to talk to my family, got to talk to Bruce Pearl and see what everyone thinks is best for me. I think a return for him, he right. really came on – down the stretch, down the end of season. He started turning heads and putting people on notice. You don't walk away when you've garnered momentum right there at the end. Yeah, I think Jalen comes back because, simple fact, like I said, he's evolved as a player. I think mm-hmm. his shooting, I think he really got comfortable within himself in this system. And I think right. another year helps him. And I think whatever helps him or what else helps him is NIL. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to make the jump right now to say, am I NBA ready? If yeah. I know if I'm not NBA ready or I'm not see myself just drafted where I would want to be drafted, why not just say, hey, I'm going to come back extra year. I know I get some NIL as well. So it's not like I'm at ground zero. I come back. We're going to have a chance to compete for the SEC again and this time even go further into the tournament. And I want to I want to end giving something a little bit more. Last year, we was expected to go deep. We got bounced in the first game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this year, knowing a whole bunch of expectations because people that couldn't really figure out what was going on. And then you start watching all these teams get beat. You're like, oh, darn, if Auburn can sneak up and get hot, yeah. they could be in this thing. But all of a sudden, you know, that caught up with us. I just feel like for this team to get to that next level, you'll need Jalen back. Yeah. Uh, I think him and Broom especially will be back. Who you think going to end up pulling this thing out? Well, let's just talk about the upsets first. I mean, the crazy results that we have had already, Purdue, Arizona, Kansas, done. Like I some of these upsets have just been crazy, but that's that's why it's March madness. It's not March mediocrity, you know? It is it's chaos and that's why we absolutely love it. But yeah, I think that's why like after game 1 Auburn fans kind of perked up a little bit and we we're like could we, you know, because 
everything is different. It's it's almost like slates get wiped clean when you start in March. And so the chaos that has ensued in the first weekend has just been incredible. But we did say last week that we were going to say who our final four mm. and championship were. So oh. I'll go ahead and tell you, I have um, you know, not the best bracket. I don't know who in the world could be still perfect at this point. I have no idea if anyone does. It definitely has taken a blow, but three of my final four are still intact. Okay. So I had Alabama, Purdue, and Houston, UCLA. So Purdue is obviously not an option anymore, but Bama, Houston, UCLA are still there. My championship is Alabama, Houston, and I've got Houston winning. Can't believe you had Alabama in the championship. Jeez. I know. I know. Look, at their, look at their route, though. <laughs> their path, dude. Like, because now with Purdue out, who are they likely going to see in the final four? Right. Uh, would, this, well, this is the thing. Who's um, still in? Oh, they've got San Diego State and then <laughs> San Diego State, Creighton, and Princeton. Yeah. Tell uh, me, Bama's not making the championship. Uh, don't sleep on San, uh, San Diego State and uh, Creighton. Yeah, so they can't go in there sleeping. Uh, yeah. I would say this. I understand why you say them. I stayed and watched the second half. I stayed and watched a half of their game after our game. Alabama's long. Yeah. You know, they have a lot of length to them. Yeah. And it affects a lot of baskets on guards getting in the lanes of creating layups. Like Maryland was getting to the lane, but then their shots would get altered. You know, mm. because of their length. And yeah. it's not just one or two guys. They got like four or five that's length, lengthy. And you think about Houston, same way. You know, uh, my final four, Arizona was in there. Boot click, they got out. I had them beating Bama in the lead eight. Um, oh. so, but then they got bounced. So that opens that door. And just because I feel like from a basketball perspective, they could get them. Uh, next thing I had was I had Houston. You know, okay. uh, you know, I just felt like Houston was a solid team. I feel like mm -hmm. Auburn would play them really tough, but I just had to go with experience. You right. know, their team has been more intact for the last two years you know, than us. We've had to go get guys in the portal. We have to lose guys. So, yep. and they had a lot more to lose. Mm -hmm. So I just, I had Houston there. My uh, other pick was Purdue. Purdue got bounced. Uh, you know, Purdue got, no, it wasn't Purdue. It was Marquette. I had Marquette beating Purdue in awesome. the Elite Eight. Yeah, oh, so wow. I had Marquette beating Purdue in Elite Eight. So okay. I had Marquette, and they get beat last night by Michigan State. Never yeah. go against Izzo in the I tournament. know. I should have <laughs> known better, man. This is what he does. Right, right. So God. then I had Houston beating – did I have Gonzaga, UCLA? Yeah, I had Gonzaga, UCLA. Playing. I had Houston beating UCLA to get to the final game. So then I had okay. – my matchup was Arizona and – no, Kansas – I had Houston playing Kansas in the, in the final, final four. four. Okay. Yeah, in the final four. So I had Kansas coming out of that bottom bracket to beat UCLA or Gonzaga. Okay. But now they got bounced. So yeah. now if Houston makes it, I'm still in it. But my overall, I think. Wait, Houston, so who'd you have in the top? Arizona and who? I had Arizona and, hold on, it was Arizona playing. I know fans don't get mad at me. I'm trying to remember. No, where's your phone, Jay? I know. Yeah, my phone's, my phone's over there. Come on, man. Okay, I had Arizona playing Alabama. I had UCLA beating Gonzaga. Okay. And then 
Kansas was in there somewhere. Kansas beat in Houston in the uh, in Elite Eight. Yeah, okay. and I had Kansas winning overall. That's what it was. I love you. Nothing you just said made sense. <laughs> Literally, not I a Kansas. bit. I had Kansas. <laughs> Kansas? Understand, Kansas. As your champion. UCLA, Kansas, UCLA in the Final Four. I had Arizona and Marquette on the other side. So you did not have Houston in the Final Four? No, no. Okay. And yeah, so I then had you Houston, had Houston. Kansas winning the whole thing. Right. Oh, Houston. so it's a wrap. My bracket's better. My bracket wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had, <laughs> yeah, I had Houston. I had Houston get beat in the Elite Eight. Okay, got you, got you. I mean, look, it has been great. What's been your craziest upset, like biggest surprise? Oh, FDU for sure. How um, cool was that, though? Yeah, FDU, but you can also say Princeton. And I, I, the reason Princeton doesn't shock me, Princeton runs such a strict offense. They run everything to the T. Yeah. So they beat you because they expect you to get impatient. Mm. So yeah. that was my other one. But Memphis losing to the FAU was, you know, wasn't really an upset. It was an eight and nine seed. But I just yeah. thought Memphis would win that game. I had FAU winning that one. So that helped. But I had Purdue going from there. Uh, Tennessee beating Duke was a, a surprise yeah. to me. I, I thought Duke really was primed to make more of a run. And huh. Tennessee, toward the end of the regular season, they were limping to the finish line. So that that result kind of surprised me. Indiana and Miami. Miami, I knew, was really hard to guard because they're small. But Indiana yeah. was big. They got a really yeah, yeah, they're big. And I just shot that they let let Miami just beat them on the boards last night with a smaller team. I agree. It's going to be exciting. I mean, it has been exciting. Um, but definitely a lot more could happen. And all of it will continue this weekend. And we are going to try and do another episode later in the week, and we can better preview some of the matchups that will be airing that week and just send you into the weekend with another episode. So that's going to do it for us on today's episode of Believe in Everything Auburn, presented by Bet Online. Thank you so much for watching and listening, as always, as Jay and I bring you all the news and notes from Auburn and around the world of athletics, because what a world it is. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. You can also leave us a thumbs up or review. If you are watching us on YouTube, you can leave a review and um, some comments on the podcast app as well. Feedback is always welcomed, as long as it's respectful, because disrespectful feedback is just insults, and I ain't interested in that. So uh, keep them to yourself. But make sure you come on back for the next episode, which you can get notified of if you subscribe, tell your friends, and we will see you in just a few days. Until then, War Eagle. Worry everybody. And I get a chance to do a redo of my Sweet 16, so I will have that for you on Thursday. Yeah, because honestly, I'm still, my brain is like, bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> we'll clear it up. Taylor couldn't understand where I was coming from, fan base. But This is just what happens when we record on a Monday, all right? <laughs> Give us time. We'll get used to it. Peace, everybody. Peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.